don't know how other publishing companies feel about sharing this, but I don't care because um, I got a lot of my model from what other publishers did before me. They share information, so I'm going to keep sharing it. Have you ever wondered what it takes to start your own publishing company? Today, we discuss that question with published author Caitlin Buxbaum, founder of Red Sweater Press. In part one of this interview, Caitlin is going to share with us the step-by-step process of starting a publishing company from scratch. This is Hacking It with Dan Allen and Robert Cavalier. All right, well, this is Hacking It with Dan Allen and Robert Cavalier, and this is Caitlin Buxbaum, owner of her own publishing company called Red Sweater Press, where she has published eight books. And we are showing our journey as writers going from people who are doing this on the side. And now we're really serious about our own writing careers. And we are getting ready to self-publish a co-authored book about writing. And one thing that we have not spoken about much on our show is the independent publishing option that you present as a publisher. So first of all, can we please have you introduce yourself and a little bit about what you've been up to, Caitlin? I'm a lifelong Alaskan who specializes in um, poetry and literary fiction as far as my writing and what I publish, but I also enjoy reading sci-fi fantasy novels um, and the occasional memoir. So um, while sci-fi fantasy isn't something that I plan to publish through Red Sweater Press, um, I like to keep my options open. So if you look at my website, you'll see what we want, what we can give you, but um, I'm open to anything, you know. You never know when something great and totally outside of your genre will just fall in your lap. Did you start off uh, with by starting this uh, publishing company, or did you try to publish your own books in, um, through KDP or through some other self-publisher? How did you how did you get started with publishing? <laughs> it's funny because I. In my undergrad, and even before that, I always thought I was going to be a novelist. So I've drafted novels. Um, I haven't published any, but that was the route I thought I was going to take. And then I took a poetry class in college during my undergrad and got a lot of encouragement from my professor. And so I thought, oh, okay, cool. And when it came time to start the publishing company, basically, there was a sense of impatience. That's true. Unfortunately, I think all self-publishers, whether they will admit it or not, that factors into it a little bit. Um, And I also was, this was in my first year teaching. So over spring break, when I had already decided I was going to quit after that year, because I was so burnt out and for various other reasons that I won't go into. um, Over spring break, I formatted and published on KDP, um, I think four chapbooks of poetry that I already had ready. So one of the books was um, one I had written for that undergraduate class and the other three or two, the next two were ones that I had kind of compiled and printed for myself previously. And then the last one, I just compiled what was on my computer into a new book. And so I did all of this, putting in like 10 hour days, laying them out and just thought, wow, I actually love this. Not just the writing part, but I like doing the layout and the typesetting. And um, I also have an interest in photography. So all of my, most of my covers, not all of them, are photos that I took. Um, And so in the process of doing that, well, I should back up a little bit, I guess. The reason that I decided to publish poetry starting out is because to me, that was not 
what I was going to be. It was, it was low stakes, low pressure. I thought <laughs> now everyone knows me as a poet. Um, but that was kind of the reasoning for putting that out. It's like, okay, this is something I can put out there to try and just figure out the process. But like I said, because I enjoyed it so much, I thought, you know what, I need to start my own company to house these. And also because I would like to publish other people's books because this kind of technical side of things, a lot of people don't want to do or don't know how to do and don't want to put in the time to learn. So I thought that was a, a, need um, that I could serve, um, a gap that I could fill for people. So I bought the ISBNs um, for those books when I published through KDP because I wanted um, to make sure that I can do whatever I want with them. So if you just use KDP's IS free ISBN, then you can't like transfer it to another platform later. So, so I had done that um, under the name red sweater press i bought a business license i started a website and all those books are listed on there now so so the reason <laughs> that i didn't just go through kdp as myself is because i had read that self-published authors are kind of more respected at least on a surface level if there's a publishing company behind it so i think the reasoning behind that perspective is that if you put money into a business license then there's an investment there Whereas like with Amazon, you don't technically have to do that. Um, and you have that name, Red Sweater Press, rather than just published by Caitlin Buxbaum. So it's it's a weird kind of um, perception because it's like, it's sort of, it seems sort of like sneaky, like, oh, I put a press on it. And, you know, so anybody can do that. Like I have friends who don't intend to publish other people who have created a press just to publish their own things. Um, but I knew from the beginning, like that I wanted to publish other people. And now I am in February. So we can talk about that later. I guess my, my only, my, my, one of my big nagging questions, uh, since you've done this for, it seems like a few years now, right? Uh, Four years. What, I wonder after you've done all these things, what questions do you wish you'd asked that you didn't get to ask? If you, if you'd had that question answered, it would have been, it would have been such a time saver for you. Was there anything either technical or even just motivational, anything like that? I think I almost hate to admit this, but I have to, <laughs> um, to me, it's not that there were questions that I didn't ask. Um, it was that, I wish that I had spent a little more time revising the work that I published. So my last book of poetry that published in 2020, Interstitials, I'm I'm still pretty happy with that. The books in between, and the first book also had a lot of eyes on it and a lot of revisions because it was in a class. But books two, three, and four, um, and even five a little bit, sometimes it's difficult with poetry and maybe this is true of prose writing too but you look back at it some days and you're like oh my gosh this is terrible why did I put this out there but then other days some of those same poems you're like you know what this is actually pretty good um it's a bizarre phenomenon and that's happened to me enough that I'm like okay you know what I'm accepting that it's out there and people enjoyed it and for me it was necessary to put those out there. I'm very hard-headed. My family will tell you that and probably and people who have known me for a long time. And so rather than asking questions, it's more just like taking the advice that was given the first time. Like there's this idea of like waiting and, you know, polishing. I 
unfortunately for me, I don't think that I could have learned that lesson without having put out things that maybe were less polished. So like the manuscript that I'm working on right now, I've been working on for the past three years and I've taken it to uh, online manuscript conferences and I've um, submitted it several places to to get feedback. And so um, when we talk about uh, traditional publishing after self-publishing like that, will be relevant. I, I can expand on that. Yeah. So uh, before you do, isn't that one of the advantages of being your own publisher that if you're not happy with the last draft that you actually published, that you can revise it and put out a new copy of it? Condition. Yeah. So, um, well, with Amazon, this is, I think, is kind of unfortunate. It's it's so easy and cheap to print on Amazon. And the inexpensive part is definitely like what drew me to it in the beginning. Um, but with Amazon, you can upload a new file to the same book, like make a bunch of revisions and, and just put it out there as if nothing happened. I don't like that because then you have people who bought your book and then people who bought it later and it's vastly different. So I definitely think that putting out a new edition is better, um, whatever platform you're using. But um, the thing about the industry today, I mean, it's, it's so the print on demand um, phenomenon is huge for authors today because like you said if i so even on ingram you can upload a new edition and have it printed and published you know within a couple of weeks and so um that's definitely the nice thing about self-publishing is like you said i mean you can you can change it and republish it and whereas with traditional publishing like you'd have to get the agent and the publisher and the maybe the editors too on board with that um i mean really it starts with the publisher because they have the rights but um and that would probably not be something that you as the author would pitch um it would have to come down from the publisher so yes um it is an advantage to be able to fix your mistakes and put out new editions faster can you take us through the steps of of what that would look like if you were to start your own so there's a few different options um like i said the business license was the first thing the first step that i took and the second step was creating the website because you want people to be able to find you <laughs> so creating an online presence i also have social media accounts um not every small publisher may want to be on every platform, but if you can handle it, then do it. I mean, that's the big thing is I think people think, oh yeah, I could just start my own company and do that. But it's a lot of work and it takes a long time before you start to see returns on that work. So that's, that's the caution I would give people <laughs> is like, if you're going to do this, you really need to commit to it. So once you um, get the business license and the website, then you need to purchase ISBNs if you want to have control over that content for time immemorial. Um, and the other thing to think about when I say like you have to commit to this, when you're buying those ISBNs, um, you know, the bigger blocks you buy, the cheaper they are per ISBN. So I think the smallest block, I mean, you could buy one, but I think it's, I think it's like 60 bucks or something for one ISBN. But if you get 10, it's like 25 bucks each or something like that. Um, and so 
you got to think about what your budget is when you're starting, but also um, how many books you intend to publish in the future. And, you know, if you're going to be publishing other people, that's another thing. Like, you got to make sure that you are all in this because no, like in 2020, a lot of literary magazines started up online lit mags and Mm. so many of them have already closed because people just did it as a way to like pass the time. And they're like, oh, I like reading poems and stories. I'm going to start this online literary magazine. And then they had to go back to work and they're like, I don't have time to do this. And I mean, how depressing for the authors to have to Mm. experience that be like, oh, I guess my project like doesn't really matter to you. Um, and now I have to go find a new place to print it or something. Um, but anyway, <laughs> back to the question. So well, how, much, how much time, how much time does it take then? I mean, cause that's, you just mentioned that if you're not fully committed, uh, it's something that you could abandon. How much, how time consuming is that? Well, I mean, just to set it up, um, doesn't take very long and, I would say, I mean, if you're not looking to be open for at least 10 years, what are you doing um, as, a, as a publisher? If for a literary magazine, you know, maybe the lifespan is shorter and people don't mind that as much. Um, but like my in my contract, um, I don't know. I don't know how other publishing companies feel about sharing this, but I don't care because um, I got a lot of my model from what other publishers did before me. They share information, so I'm going to keep sharing it. Um, In my contract with my current author, it says that we have the rights to public, like exclusive publishing rights for seven years. Um, And I think that might be a little bit of a holdover from um, the kind of pre-internet days. You know, there wasn't print on demand. And so you needed to think about like, what's the true lifespan of this book? Like how long are people realistically gonna keep ordering this book? Um, because people are interested in the new, you know, there's, there is a kind of expiration date on a lot of books. If you don't, if you're not writing the next great American novel, you know, it realistically, you may not get very many sales after, after seven to 10 years. But when that, when that seven year mark comes for my author it's not like i'm going to immediately stop publishing her work i'm not going to do that because i don't have to i can just maintain the print on demand model forever um but if she wanted to go to a different publisher or if she got an offer from a bigger publisher to reprint the book that happened to one of my classmates recently um then she would not be breaking our contract to, you know go and do that it's like okay you know i had my seven years time now you've gotten a different publisher if you want to go that route you can um but if not then we would just continue you know because it doesn't cost me anything um to keep it up